It's the slightly crunchy mom cast. Slightly crunchy mom cast. Where our discussions are based in evidence. And we try to maintain our relevance. But two drinks in, and we try not to lose our. It's the slightly crunchy mom cast. Slightly crunchy mom cast. The slightly crunchy mom cast. Hello, and welcome to episode six of the slightly crunchy mom cast. I'm Brittany, a licensed marriage and family therapist and a licensed clinical addiction specialist. And I'm Whitney, and I've got snakes in my house. <laughs> yeah. Did I? Yeah. Mm -hmm. okay. So my mom came over and she was peeing in the upstairs bathroom. She's like, hey, Whitney, come here. I was like, mom, you're peeing. Like, can you just finish? She's like, come here. So I walk in there. She's like, you got a black snake in the corner of your oh house. Oh, my God. Yeah. So I look over there and here is curled up the snake. And no. I was like, I was like, guess I'm moving out. Well, I then am like, well, we have to get the snake, right? Like it's in my house. So then I go to get the snake and it slithers under the little thing that goes into the attic. So no. I go downstairs. Yeah. So I go downstairs. I'm like, hey, baby, we got snakes in our house. He's like, I got this girl. <laughs> and he goes and gets some green painter tape oh. and put and, and tapes up the door. And I was like, are we going to are we going to call Terminex? Excuse me. We need to call Terminex. And he's like, <laughs> I'll take care of it. That was four weeks ago. We haven't called Terminex. Uh -uh. Do you want to come over tomorrow night for I, dinner? No, 100% no. It's a hard no. It could just be one, and he could be eating rats, but in my mind, we have an infestation. Snakes on a plane, yeah. snakes in a house, the whole thing. Yeah. So that's what's going on in my household. Fun. Thank you. Great. Mm -hmm. Thank you for listening. <laughs> and that's it for today. <laughs> we are a research-based parenting... Uh, we are... <laughs> Excuse me. We are a podcast with research-based parenting information from a real-world perspective of two moms just trying not to lose their shit. What you drinking, Whitney? I'm drinking old-fashioned. Same girl. What? Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's the end of the week. Actually, it's the beginning of the week. Well, it's Sunday night, but yeah. Yeah. So, so today, we, we are talking about equitable distribution of work in the home, a topic that gets us all hot and bothered. Well, I think it's good with last week's infant <laughs> talk that we had, because I feel as if it's incredibly hard for a man to be very involved in the infant stage of parenting yeah i don't know if i would say very hard i think there's definitely ways to support that yeah i don't know i mean i feel like if you're breastfeeding it's really hard because you know short mm. of short of like getting the baby and handing them to you or just rubbing your back or <laughs> please don't rub my back when i'm breastfeeding <laughs> that is you know when i'm sitting on the couch breastfeeding my son the last thing i want is to be like hey girl you need me to rub your back i was reading this story one time with <laughs> nah. this woman's husband was she was breastfeeding her baby and put him down and he looked at her and he was like daddy's turn oh could you imagine? Oh, God. I mean, I'm, listen, I'm open to the, thing, if that's your if that's thing, your thing, I that mean, is not my thing. I'm just letting you know that at that moment, I'd probably be like, I, I may be in a listen. different place right now than where you are. <laughs> listen, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, um, me and my husband have a shared understanding. We didn't even actually have to really talk about it, but right now, my boobs are off limits for anyone but my son. I don't want you touching them. If anyone even bumps into me, I get highly offended. Like It's daddy's turn. Don't. Have you ever thought about what it's like for him? It's daddy's turn. Daddy's turn. <laughs> right. 
God. So that's what got us talking about this is last week when we were talking about infant life because when you feel so overwhelmed by everything, it's hard to ask for help or even have help because if you're breastfeeding in particular, what do, what do they do? I mean, other mm. than hug you when you're crying or like every now and then. Nah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you know, as someone who's like come out of it recently with the newborn stuff, I mean, my husband was still able to be really helpful when I wasn't breastfeeding because, well, first of all, when I breastfeed, especially in the newborn stage, because literally they have to learn how to do everything, mm-hmm. including eating. And mm-hmm. so like he would take like 45 minutes to just finish a meal and by the time he's done. And that's always odd, right? Because a giraffe comes out and can walk a minute later or like an hour later. Meanwhile, my son can't work his tongue. Is he rolling over yet? He's trying. Five months later. An alligator would (laughs) take him out. He's from front to back, but he has a hard time with back to front because of gravity. (laughs) You know, it's a real bugger. They are not made for survival. Mm. But, you know, my husband was able to help me in other ways. Like, he would bring me things while I was breastfeeding, like snacks and things. Like, I have all the foods that have fallen on my son's head. <laughs> We've ruled out, like, an early peanut allergy because a Reese's cup just, like, fell on his forehead. And I'm like, well, at least it's not that severe of a peanut allergy Smearing. or else we'd have some mobs. <laughs> and we've talked about this because we both work. Uh-huh. So it's not even just the newborn phase. We work. And so there is this, even before I had children, I would clean the house. I would cook dinners because my husband is, he is amazing in so many ways. But when it comes to cooking, no. he's literally worse than my four-year-old. He, he literally. Well, he is keeping hungry how he's in business. Yeah, we did mention that he loves Hungry Howie's and ramen noodles. Sure thing. And I did tell you that, I mean, I put a lot of effort into my meals. And then my four-year-old was like, dad's the best cook. I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, Mm. he makes really good ramen noodles. I was like, I will punch. No, I won't do that. He'll appreciate you later, Whitney. I don't think so. (laughs) Well, so it's interesting because we were actually just talking with our husbands downstairs. And we were talking about like, what percentage, because I think that there's, So what I think is probably the better topic is like perceived equitability of workload, right? Mm -hmm. So like you have your, I guess whatever you want to call it, factual. Like if someone came and like surveyed your home for a week and they did like a tally on a notebook of who did what, that doesn't really matter actually because perception is reality. So what do you perceive as like, you know, what you do versus what your husband does? And so me and Michael said in the summertime, because I don't do any yard workout. I mean, a few times a year I'll go outside and we'll like spruce up the yard. I'll pull some weeds, whatnot. But week to week, he's mowing, he's weed eating, he's blowing, whatever. So in the summer, we'd call it like a 70-30 split. But in the wintertime, it's more of like an 80-20 or sometimes 90-10, which I'll let our listeners guess who's doing the heavy lifting on that one. It's him. Oh, it's not. (laughs) So that study that was looked at, what we're talking about, was actually ran where people didn't know what the other one was rating themselves. And what they would do is they found that you should equal 100% because 100% would be the entire household work is done. And they would find that both sides would grossly over-exaggerate what their percentage was. Yeah. So men would say like, oh, I do 70%. And women are like, I do 100%. Um, I would say Brian and I are 60-40. And I think he agrees with that. We're 60-40. There's, you know, he works full-time. I work part-time. And then there's that piece of it where I'm kind of controlling in some instances. If I have Brian make the doctor's appointment for my son, 
who has a swollen lymph node. And then he takes my set son to the doctor and then brings him back. I have questions and Brian will be like, I don't know. God, preach. So here's the thing. But that's on me, right? I should have taken him because I'm the one with all the questions. So, okay, so what's funny is I, as Elise has gotten older, I've tried to let Michael take her to more doctors. Because same girl with the control. Because I even, around the house, right? Like I like things done a certain way. And so I, sometimes I just prefer to do them myself. And Michael knows this. And so, he just lets it go and I also think in the defense of men like you ask your husband to do something like fold the laundry right you can't complain because he did it wrong or he's never going to want to do it again so I think sometimes you have to like let go of that control Mm -hmm. but so funny story I recently like Elise had to have her her, I should go see an eye doctor she's never been before so I literally made a note in my phone and shared the note with Michael about all the things to ask the doctor Mm -hmm. It included the address. Well, apparently Michael goes to the wrong location. Mm. He calls the people, and the lady's like, okay, name. And he's like, Elise. And there's like, date of birth. And Michael, Elise is in the car, and Michael goes, hey, baby, what's your birthday? <laughs> like, he literally forgot. He was like, January 20. She's like, January 24, daddy. <laughs> Well, and that's right, right? And so then that's a little piece of it, right? Did it really matter? My guess is she saw the eye doctor. No, she's fine. And oh, you know, it's just the reason we went is she was having blurred vision. Um, you know what the doctor said? Or not blurred, excuse me, her eyes would get watery. The doctor said, yes, that's because when she's watching TV, she's not blinking enough. <laughs> Great. So I went to the ophthalmologist I want to say there's a TH there because I was I was certain to go to an ophthalmologist and an ophthalmologist. Okay, so I waited thank months you. for this appointment to tell me that my child gets doesn't too blink. much screen time. And she doesn't blink. Thank you, doctor. <laughs> Guess what I'm changing about that? Nothing. She's still having plenty of screen time. <laughs> Well, that's the thing, right? So if I have Brian do something that I predominantly do, it then has a bunch of follow-up questions that he's like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I don't mm-hmm. know. Same. I'm like, well, why didn't you ask? He's like, I don't I don't think about that. Nothing. Like, I didn't think to do that. Right? So we also talked about, like, last episode, postpartum depression. What do you think there is for men and their depression after having a baby? You're going to give me a percentage, but I'm going to stand by my thing that this is not a thing. Yeah, so it is a thing. It's 5%. <laughs> because their lives change, too. I think yeah. so much of the time we focus... Their bodies don't. Nope, their bodies don't. And they don't have the hormones. But it, nonetheless... They didn't carry nothing for 9 to 10 months. They didn't. We're going to acknowledge all that women do in this. But let's also <laughs> step back and remember that men... I'm woman. Hear me roar. <laughs> Our <laughs> men are not at the bars, you know, every night, drinking until... <laughs> 10 and then coming home and be like woman feed me i mean they also changed you know we talk about when michael goes in golfs what that means for you and so he also has to hear it and also has to probably golf less before you had children you probably didn't care if he golfed and so there was like there's some changes that are involved with them as well when he's trying to pull out sympathy i have none Just in case our listeners are wondering. I'm sorry that he gets to golf less. Yeah, I know. And I think that it's hard, though, because when you have a child, things change for everyone. They change more for a woman, but they do, in fact, change for everyone. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm sitting here thinking my feminist heart is bleeding a little bit because Whitney and I are talking about the split, right? She gets 60-40, I get 80-20, 70-30, depending on the time of the year. And it's just to me like, but why the woman? Why is the woman holding? And I think we're still stuck a bit in like the... the I don't know. I, I don't like to use the word patriarchy because I think this day and age it's abused too much. And I definitely think that we have different roles. And I think everyone in their own marriage has to find their own balance. And if you're happy with it, it shouldn't matter to anyone else. Um, but I think that that kind of uh, promotes this quote-unquote super mom mm-hmm. thing that we have in our society, which is basically giving women credit, right? So that's a positive. So at first you think, uh, okay, that's great. Like, yes, super mom, you do it all. How do you do it? You work full time. You take care of the kids. You take care of, you know, um, the house and all this stuff. But the problem is, is like, instead of like offering support, it's like, I'm just going to call you super mom. It's just like, actually, I could really use some help. No, but you're super mom. Well, actually, I could really use, oh, no, you're super mom. Just hang in there. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Yes. It is. And it is a challenge to find that balance. And I, I will caveat everything with this in the fact that I do have a very equitable marriage with yeah, my husband same. and we, we have found some good balance to this with that said i i often give pushback just because how would it change i mean maybe it's society but my husband can't breastfeed <laughs> <laughs> no matter what and my husband cannot be neurotic about the lump on my child's neck while True. going and i also don't really give up when it comes to it like our refrigerator broke right so my husband was like i'll take care of it i said cool i'm not a nagger it's really not what i do but about four months later i was like hey (laughs) i'm gonna need that freezer to work right so i'm like at what period do i start like nagging and he was like give me a month i said okay at the end of this month if there's not an like the refrigerator freezer has not been fixed i'm gonna buy a new one he Uh said okay we hit day 29 i was like hey baby he's like yeah i was like should we go to Lowe's today? He's like, are, are, we're going to go to Lowe's today. We're going to buy the freezer. And so that was fine. Five months without a freezer, whatever, don't care. But when it comes to little things like their schooling, right? Like I want to go to the parent teachers conferences because I'm want to know what's going on because I care. Is my child being socially acceptable? Like, is he acting right? How's he doing in school? And Brian literally will just show up and be like, okay, sounds great. <laughs> It's good. Well, I think we have our roles, right? And the roles are unique to each each relationship. Like, you know, I, we were talking with our husbands downstairs, and, and there's certainly things that my husband does that I don't want anything to do with. Like, Michael, if something breaks in the house, that is not my problem. He will figure that out. That is his problem, right? And, and, and he will. He'll take it on himself, and he'll work it out. There are certain things he does with our daughter that I don't want to do. For example, we have to do, like... Every, every night, school night, we have to do math facts where they, like, run through facts and stuff like this. Michael takes it on. He does that himself. You know, that sort of thing. Like, I think that the, the moral of the story is it's natural to compare yourself with other people's situation. Mm-hmm. And I think that you have to find, like, what works for you. What do you feel good with? Like, in your relationship, for example, I'm breastfeeding, right? Which means that I'm doing all the feeding. My son is, we've talked about this at length, he's still waking up multiple times at night. That's fine. I, I chose that. Like, I chose to breastfeed. And honestly, breastfeeding or not, he's still going to be awake trying to eat in the mm-hmm. middle of the night. And I'm going to be the one stressing out about that more than my husband, breast or bottle. Um, but he's recently decided that 5.30 is his time to wake up for the day. He is pleasant. He is ready to roll. He is talking to the ceiling. There is no getting that boy back to sleep. 
So my husband gets up with him at 5.30. So what makes you say 70-30, though? And what makes you think about it, quote, like, it's not equal among the sexes because we were talking about society and those kind of things. What is it that makes the woman feel like the point? Or is it society? Is it the individual person? What do you think it is? So I think it's probably both. Like, I, I think for me in my home, I really have no problem with the dispersion because if I have a problem I'll say something and we'll figure that out but I think I think it's individual characteristics like you said control I think women naturally we're the natural caretakers right so we're going to think about more of the project manager stuff of the home so like who needs their appointments who needs who has this theme day at school who needs to wear this who needs to like go here when and who needs these extracurricular activities I don't mind planning those things right and I think most men at least my husband i'll just speak for myself is fine with like sort of following that direction Mm -hmm. like okay she has horseback this day she has swimming this day blah 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 right i think there there's a individual characteristic i also think that like women are wired up to sort of want to set up their kids a certain way and that whole thing and then i think that society definitely has some of it too um but at least in my experience with women and men and yes there's personality difference but i think women are sort of naturally more like organized for that sort of thing you know in my family though when we talk about the workload you know what i do the majority of discipline oh yeah okay almost so that's unique almost i would say 90 percent of the discipline falls upon me i have witnessed that yeah it's kind of funny and i almost feel like it's not because my husband doesn't want to discipline or doesn't whatever it's almost like i'm kind of in the driver's seat on how the family is going to go and when mom says enough's enough then enough is enough Mm -hmm. i also find that sometimes i'm i um i just kind of am really really laid back and i'm calm and collective until i'm not and so i wonder if my husband doesn't have that balance where he doesn't know when he should discipline when he shouldn't or or what or if it just in fact is it lays upon my shoulders, but it's almost 90% of the discipline is going to be on me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put them in timeout. I'm going to do the extreme parenting where I'm taking their sandals because they <laughs> will not put them on their feet and I'm throwing them in the river because I'm done or throwing away all their popsicles or crushing their bikes. That's almost exclusively put upon me where my husband doesn't really do a lot of that. Yeah. And I don't know that that's society. You know, I, I think that that's just the flow that we have, which yeah. is mom is you know the the whatever i am until i'm like no 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 but i mean if that works for you and your family that's what works i don't know if it does always work i mean there are times when i get frustrated by it because you know there are times when like i don't want to be the bad guy Mm. i don't want to be the one that's like saying no but then i feel like there's this push pull with him because he doesn't want to overstep his boundaries because what if i'm kind if i'm fine with it or we just need to work with meyer and the way he's screaming and crying because he popped his balloon on a fire and he's emotionally processing this where my husband wants to be like it's a balloon i'm like he's just going through some stuff <laughs> let's just let's work with him right now we just need to work with him the balloon is a metaphor you know things in his life and there's other times where i'm like it's a balloon meyer like oh try having something serious happen meyer's a bit of a mess yeah he's a mess he's such a mess god bless that beautiful rose he's got his thorns though every rose has its thorns i mean have we hit our low point (laughs) <laughs> when we're seeing uh, Guns N' Roses. Yes. Well, I think, it, I mean, for, for us, I think discipline is actually pretty 
pretty even, I would say, like across the board for me and Michael. But you know what's funny is we sort of monitor each other, and if one of us is starting to really lose our shit, the other one will be like, all right, I'm going to take over now. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll get my game face on, and I have told Michael before, like, I'm going to handle this one. And me and Elise have battled it out. Well, you find these, like, also families that are very different, where the woman will be, let's say, the primary breadwinner, right? So they are the CEO of the hospital, or they will be, I choose healthcare because that's what I'm in, but they will be very high up where the men will be stay at home. And I wonder in those families what the difference would be. My guess is there'd be no difference in the child outcome. But what we're talking about, do the men then take on this almost motherly role where they're the champion of the family, where they're getting the doctor's appointments and they're doing those things? Like, is it a personality or is it just the role that you assume within your family? So I'll say this. When I was growing up, um, my dad picked me up from school. He took me to school. He made sure I had what I needed for my projects. He took me to my doctor's appointments um, because his schedule allowed for it. He had a job that he was able to be flexible with. And so, um, you know, growing up, I sort of had that example now. And I'd like to think Elise is going to carry that because I, I will say, I mean, yes, like when we say household distribution of labor, that's what I think is like housework, you know, like cleaning up, that sort of thing, meal preparation, which my husband makes probably 60 to 70% of the meals. I do most of the cleaning and that sort of thing. Um, but I'd like to think that Elise would take in rep, what they would take with them is like marriage is a partnership. And that's the one thing like I've been married for about 10 years and I think that, you know, we've become a really good team. Mm-hmm. And so, so in your case, right, like if you're cool with sort of always being the heavy hand, then that's what works for you. For me, if I'm good with doing most of the cleaning up, which I am, really it's fine because I like things a certain way and I'm kind of like weird about that, then that's what works. You know, it's like no no one kind of cookie cutter situation is going to work. Yeah. And I think that there's times when that stuff becomes uneven. So there's times when, you know, I have a good friend who's oh, a yes. stay-at-home mom. And I would say that it's it's hard on her because her husband works long hours and he's gone. And so she's never has any time off. So she wakes up very early, gets him ready, like makes her husband some breakfast that he goes to work. Then she gets the kid ready, gets him to school, comes home, cleans the house, then picks up her child, gets ready for dinner, cleans the kitchen. And so her day ends about nine o'clock. And so I don't know necessarily if it is even, but that's the role that they're in. And I, you know, when I speak with her, I think to myself all the time, is this just kind of how they've set it up? Or is this ingrained? Because that's how his mom was for him. And then how do you make it equal? I think we're changing in society where men do do more work. But Mm -hmm. there is that that kind of that challenge when it comes to the men that are used to coming home, opening up a beer, putting their feet up, and they're day is over yeah i think those days might be done not for everybody they are for me (laughs) those days have never existed and they're really you know it's kind of challenging to think but like is that society do you see that i remember when i lived in west africa right the women take care of the family that's what they do is they take care of the family and the men work and they farm for the family Now, the woman very much controls the family. They're in control of the discipline and the feeding and everything else. But the man, what he says, actually went. And this was a predominantly Muslim village. And so that was kind of how that went. Yeah. 
And it's kind of interesting. I don't think I'd do well in the villages of West you Africa. You would do terribly. First of all, they don't have the right hair product over there. And they also so. don't have running water. <laughs> Big problem for me. That presents quite an issue. <laughs> You're not going to do well with that. You're a hygiene fanatic. Yeah. Well, so you, you've, uh, if you've paid attention, like I've been careful not to use the word equal. So mm-hmm. I don't think that there's a certain thing, there's a real thing is like a marriage being equal. I think it's equitable. Yeah. And I think that that's an important differentiation because equitable means, you know, like we're in agreement that we both feel good about the distribution of labor. And so whether that means I do more of this certain thing and you do more of this, like whatever that means for you and your relationship climate is important. And so that is what I think is is important to note when you're thinking about relationships and like what's right for you versus what is right for other people but i'll tell you this that doesn't just come on day one of wedded bliss Mm -hmm. like that takes time and when you introduce a baby and then multiple kids that's when things get rocked i always call it the crack right the crack in the in the floor where you start having a crack let's say something annoys you and then you bring it up and then you start honey badgering over that because that crack is just getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and there's no resolution to it and then you find that you're fighting for little things because you want to prove to yourself that you're still important and that you're not in this alone and so that gets bigger and then you add another child and then another child mm-hmm. and it just gets bigger and bigger and so i don't know what advice there is i'm not a marriage counselor i don't know where it all lands but i think understanding at some point that it's never going to be equal but there's times when things will equal out well the advice that that i would give is don't expect your partner to read your mind no don't expect your partner to know what you need you have to be an advocate for what your needs are if you are feeling a certain way and you have a need that your partner's not meeting then you need to verbalize that because they're not going to know. And to cite Brene Brown, we start telling ourselves stories about the way that we think things are. And oftentimes those are in fact not the way things are, but they're a story that we're telling ourselves. And so I think communication is essential and being honest with yourself and trying to have some self-awareness and then being open to hearing what your partner has to say. And when I say communicate, try to not be defensive in that communication. Try to come with kind of a softness and an openness to be able to share and to hear. And I would say just give some grace. Absolutely. I mean, I think a lot of times we, especially in this podcast, may focus on the woman's role. But men do have to swallow a huge change as well. And they aren't the ones going through the labor and the newborn, but they do go through changes. And oftentimes they get married and want children and they want this life as well as we do. But it comes with changes for them as well. And so that's what I would always say is give grace to all of this and just understand that it may not be equal at all times, but, you know, things do change. My kids will be going to school next year (laughs) and I will have from eight until 245 when I'm not working to myself. Yeah, it's all a season, right? And like, you know, the other thing that I'll say is things often seem worse than what they are in your own mind. And once you sort of kind of talk them out and it's not like you're a marriage is not you talk about something one time and you're good you'll find that you know there there's a researcher his name is john gottman who talks about uh he does a lot of like 
uh, research on marriage and he will watch couples in like what he calls his love labs out in Seattle and he talks about like often couples have certain issues that they tend to just kind of argue over for pretty much the duration of their marriage so crack. and guess what that's fine the problem becomes when you stop talking about it mm-hmm. when you start to what's called stonewall the other person and just refuse to engage in it or have criticism or contempt towards that person and so um you know it's just about keeping that open communication and being able to talk to your partner about the things that are kind of weighing heavy on you and being willing to hear what they say too so when he's right definitely men go through changes when when children are born and i do think that most men are compassionate they want to be compassionate to their wives but it's not their experience the whole you know pregnancy and childbirth and and postpartum period it is their experience but not the same experience that you have so yeah and i would just like to say in conclusion can you say that in conclusion can you say the whitney is right again about what no just just, no no i won't i won't do it so in conclusion no in no con- <laughs> all right then maybe another episode in conclusion <laughs> so next week we're going to talk about sleepless babies infant sleep Brittany has made herself an expert not only has she joined two facebook accounts yes. but she's also spent countless hours reading about infant sleep if you think this topic is boring i kind of agree but we are going to go in depth with lots for those that care i am feeling a little more well rested this week lots of information regarding (laughs) infant sleep not so much lots of information (laughs) all right guys thanks for listening